listeners, I'm Ash. And I'm Z. And welcome back to Mistakes in the Making. So this week, we are so, so, so excited because we have our first guest. Um, her name is Nivedita Bansal, and she runs an incredible meme page called South Bombay Memes. Um, check it out if you haven't already. And she's also currently working on a project called Minecraft Mumbai, which is a sustainability initiative that we will get into because it's so exciting. And yeah, we just can't wait to talk to you about all things Bombay and these incredible things that you're working on. So let's just get into it, shall we? Hi, Nivedita. Welcome Hi. to Mistakes in the Making. <laughs> We're so happy to have you on. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I honestly can't wait to chat, but a bit of a side note before that, we're all recording remotely, so listeners, our audio quality might be a little shit. Yeah. You've been warned. Now, I know that we've spoken to you before, and you told us some hilarious things that people keep telling you about, and that you're absolutely sick of hearing, but let's just get that over and like out of the way with. So, what are the things that you're absolutely annoyed with that people constantly ask you? And the first thing is uh, when people ask me if I have a process of making memes. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't have a process. It's like I see something uh, on the internet or I get an idea suddenly. takes me about 5 or 10 minutes to make a meme. depends on the effort it takes. And there it is and then I just post it. And I don't know if I qualify as a process, but... Um, yeah, it's really that simple. You just see something, you distort the image, you manipulate the image, you add some text on it, and voila, there's a deep fried meme for you. <laughs> I love that process. Like, some people are really deep when it comes to memes. Like, I know this one person who is kind of big on Reddit, and he always is just kind of like, oh yeah, I really need to think. I need to figure out who my target audience is. And I'm like, oh my god, shut up, you're so pretentious. <laughs> and here you are just like killing the game um but what inspired you to actually start a meme page well um i finished high school in 2017 and i went to a completely like new school for my 12th grade because i wanted to complete the id and uh, in that school i was you know I, I was introduced to these completely new kinds of people and all those people were like from a very different world entirely. You know, those people were, firstly, all of them were from South Bombay, which I'm not. Uh, I mean, I happen to live there now, but I haven't, I'm not from there. I haven't grown up there. So this South Bombay society that I just, you know, uh, encountered in the same school completely baffled me. I mean, people used mm-hmm. to, um, firstly, people were so obsessed with what phone each other, like the other person had or with what kind of car they showed up to in school and uh, all of those things just did not make any sense to me and in general there was a lot of pretentiousness there was a lot of um, obnoxiousness uh, that I encountered and I just you know like in the beginning I did try to fit in and I realized I will not be like one of them and and that was a bit frustrating but then I realized that I could you know instead of being frustrated by it I could let it out in the form of you know, so I used to mm-hmm. look around with my friends, uh, not from South Bombay, about these people, and I realized that there is a big, like, you know, people like these jokes that I made, and uh, eventually I just started a page on Facebook where I just posted some random memes, which 
one day like one of my memes got like some 1000 shares or something and i was like whoa what is happening and then that page grew to 30000 um today uh, so i have about 33000 followers um on facebook now and i think i've managed to build like this entire you know community of people who are dedicated to just making fun of how pretentious sort of people are so yeah i think that's that's all that happened i, I saw something i didn't like it so i made a joke about it and people liked it i absolutely love that yeah i think you've just become this important part of like Bombay culture now because I think like through your page you use this kind of really intelligent humor that's just so engaging that I feel like not only manages to make the South Bombay crowd you ridicule laugh at their own ridiculousness with everyone else that laughs at them but I think whether knowingly or unknowingly you manage to really like start a conversation on the more like profound meaning of your memes, which is a sheer privilege and class divide in the city, which are really important conversations to have. So is that intentional? And I don't know, what do you think about these conversations that spring up? I don't think it was intentional at all, but it's a good Hmm. side effect that I've seen. And I'm quite pleased with it, actually, that even if I make somebody think about how silly they look when they do certain things, I think that's a pretty big achievement. I mean, I can't change this entire class structure of Mumbai, but even if I can make someone think about it for five seconds after looking at my meme, I think that's a big enough victory for me. Hmm, definitely. And I feel like you do that so successfully because if I'm talking about me personally, I will see your memes and really laugh. And when I see these sort of things that you ridicule play out in real life whether it's your Ramu Kaka jokes or your BMW jokes um I don't know I just feel like it leaves such a lasting impact because I really think about it and how ridiculous some of this shit is and I think most of your followers probably feel the same way so yeah I mean you've done a really good job because it's quite hard to keep someone's attention span first of all but also make them laugh want to follow your page and really come out thinking about deep shit after that they might have not otherwise yeah and also i think there's just something to be said about how you use humor as a tool to make people understand your point because humor is actually one of these skills in life where if you can nail it you can like put any message across in an amazing way and connect with so many people like it's genuinely something that a lot of people aspire to be able to use and you just like do it so naturally. So there's something to be said about that. Well, I, um, I'm quite flattered, I guess, by <laughs> the amount of that you're giving me because I don't think this is something um, that really that comes that naturally to me. It's more like something I've cultivated over the years. I mean, I've always been super into memes and jokes and stuff. I mean, I spoke on this um, one panel discussion about memes and art and culture today and uh, yeah I think I have just grown up with memes you know so it's maybe it comes naturally mm. maybe it's Maybelline so <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> no but see that's what I mean it just comes so naturally to you and 
Um, like one thing that I think about memes, like you know how everyone jokes about, oh, you know, the year twenty forty, and all these kids are learning in history textbooks, and there's like a whole section just on memes. There are all these jokes and memes about that, but it's actually very true because memes really can like highlight what's going on within a culture at a certain time period. Like that's the reason why some memes are a little bit more extinct than others, and people don't give memes the amount of importance they do because like. I think a lot of people our age get their news from memes and from meme accounts. I think, I mean, memes are, are this this uh, medium of communication. You know, it's like a language. So you have to just speak the language. And I mean, you can do so much with memes. I think what I do, I mean, what I've been doing at least lately has been quite low effort. But if you really are dedicated and creative. You can do so much with memes that it's just not possible with a through movie or with an article. I mean, if you keep mm-hmm. writing articles about how badly the class structure is uh, cemented in Mumbai, uh, people are going to get bored of it, and it's it's not something very engaging. But if you can make somebody laugh, they don't don't just want to laugh on their own, but they also want to make their friends laugh and share it with them. You know, they want to share that experience with even more people. Mm. yeah that's Um, a good point like the idea that memes are kind of a shared experience the relatableness of memes like there's a reason why um last year when a lot of the candidates were running in america for the election uh there was one candidate mike bloomberg and he like hired meme accounts to basically create memes about him and him running and kind of share them because I think he understood it's such an integral part of our culture as young people. Yeah, I, and it's really a bit sad that our generation has very little like um, attention span because memes are a, a very low life that way, like low shelf life, not low life. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. they are they they expire very soon. You know, the meme that's relevant today, that's funny today won't be funny in two days time but uh, there's also the beauty of it that our world is moving so fast and the way we communicate is also rapidly evolving so fast Hmm. definitely i mean we are moving at such a fast pace and i don't know time and speed is such a peculiar concept for our generation and yeah memes have sort of become our voice for that and document a lot of our thoughts and concerns and I feel like you've brought this format of memes and humor into your other projects as well like something you're working on right now called Minecraft Mumbai which is working towards bridging the gap between science and policy and environmentalism in the city of Bombay and it's really interesting to see how you run these two Instagram pages that are based in and on Mumbai um, that belong to an entirely different discourse, essentially, but use the same language to communicate. And yeah, I'd love to know more about that and more about Minecraft Mumbai. Right. So um, you spoke, you were speaking about rapidly evolving times just adapting to those. And I think that the whole process of policy and the whole process of um, you know, collective action has is so outdated. I mean, petitions and, um, and just 
India is very five years ago. I don't think that that is something that we can sustain as a society if we really just want to bring about change. We need something much bigger than that. We need something a lot more. Um, we need something a lot more impactful. Something uh, that even the youth relate to. You know, because everybody is fed up of just signing petitions or uh, that that don't do anything or that don't mm-hmm. do any concrete solutions. Everybody is tired of nothing happening around them. So that's that's kind of what came. That's kind of what drove the idea of uh, Minecraft Mumbai. We wanted to do something really big and something really different. So what mm-hmm. we are doing today is um, we are trying to create all of Mumbai in Minecraft. So by doing that, we actually bring attention to the issue that people care about but not care about enough. So the thing is, people will never be against something that they can't see. So we want to show them exactly what the city is going to look like when certain infrastructure projects, certain development projects come uh, materialize. You know, so um, we are actually trying to build the coastal road in Mumbai, uh, in Minecraft, because the coastal road is actually one of the most heavily debated environmental issues in Mumbai currently, and mm-hmm. there is just not enough push to stop this road, and I mean, there is a little bit. So the government keeps speeding up the process of making this road, and you know, it it keeps switching back and forth from people who are against, people who are for. You know, people are very conflicted, but nobody is really. There's no like consensus on this road, really. I mean, there are such big controversies in the country right now, really, but uh, there are a lot more things that get overshadowed by that. So we want to we want to create. Something so impactful that people cannot take their eyes off of it. So we don't just we, we they don't just want to spread awareness, but we also want to um, you know supplement that awareness with some concrete solutions from our side. Mm. We want to uh, you know because everybody thinks that you know environmentalism um, is is bad because people who are uh, you know for the environment. They think, I mean, they they are mostly supporting, not supporting. They're mostly like, um, they're mostly pointing out what is wrong with certain projects or certain policies. But there is really no alternative being proposed. So we are also trying to propose the alternative to um, the current projects that that can actually be actionably taken up. So it's not just about one. I mean, it's not just about the problem; it's also about the solution with Minecraft Mumbai. So the solution is what we're really innovating. We're trying to uh, raise awareness. We're trying to propose good policies, and we're trying to get people to support those policies. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, young people do want to be involved, and they want their voice to be heard and their concerns to be shared. And I think going digital and raising awareness in this format might be useful because i mean for me personally you know the coastal road has brought up so many emotions and it's the worst feeling ever hearing trucks dropping gravel into the sea and you know i went to the protests i've like shared the stories you know and tried my best to really talk to people but after point you just feel so helpless um 
because posting a story or something may raise awareness but it isn't really doing anything and i guess people want something more concrete it would be nice to see more pages and platforms yeah. that sort of give support to like-minded people over things that they're I passionate fully agree. about i i definitely think that in the past 5 years i have seen bombay start to decay more and more like there's so much infrastructure that's already present that is not well maintained mm-hmm. and the only maintenance really gets is like you know a new paint of coat so that it's visually still like looks okay but it's structurally not sound and i think one of the biggest examples of that was actually um uh the road near kemps corner coming down from malabar hill it fully collapsed when with the heavy rains like a couple of uh weeks ago and it's now just like there's so many cracks in the road and it's something that's really sad because it's it's such a beautiful place there's so much nature around it so many trees and they all just like fell in a massive landslide so nature was just being destroyed along with our city yeah and also i think just i mean we um spoke about privilege and the class divide and i feel like these changes just call out to it so directly because roads are being made for car users and i feel like public transport isn't given as much attention anymore the budget is just diverted and yeah i think that's a huge problem that i don't know shouldn't be taken so lightly so i totally agree with you on that i want to talk about this one very alarming statistic that um that is just not talked about enough which is that mm-hmm. 10 people every single day on a regular day i mean not in corona times but every every single day 10 people don't make it home from a local train that's how overcrowded these trains are 36000 people have died as a result of oh trains in the last 10 years and that is a very very large number and we just don't even i mean we are so desensitized to this as a society that mm. nobody even you know thinks about it i mean until you know that local trains are unsafe and this can happen but i mean that just shows that we have disconnected ourselves from these issues in the city yeah completely yeah. agree with that and also like um like there are some documentaries about the local trains in bombay and like the rush is so bad that if someone jumps off the platform it's like policy at this point for the train to not stop because otherwise so many people will like miss their jobs miss their connecting trains not be at home on time which is a like a mad thing to actually hear about yeah and even just uh, apart from the overcrowdedness on public transport and just the bad policies in place the mm-hmm. overall public safety like especially when it comes to uh, women's safety and this it's not just women's safety i mean even men are unsafe because there's so much sexual harassment that happens on public transport that yeah. it's it's just not possible for a lot of people to use them from because of you know because of family pressure because of personal feelings of um, you know uh, personal um, concerns of safety so it's like this whole problem is is in place because we have neglected this this mobility system as a whole you know we have these these projects like coastal road they are a symptom of a larger disease that mm. we don't care about 
how mobile the city is we care about just a few people who want to drive cars yeah yeah i completely agree and that's like blatant favoritism when you think about it yeah i feel like more than favoritism it's like people in privileged positions deciding things for that benefit privileged people when the real i guess essence of bombay is the people that give their heart and soul to it and travel every day to work the city would be nothing without its workforce and it's good taxpayer money that's just being diverted into something that's not benefiting everyone which is so sad also a ridiculous amount of money yeah like an actually ridiculous amount of money yeah i think that you know something is needs to be said about taxpayer money going into these projects that benefit very few people and are just generally bad projects subsidiary and just in terms of planning and everything because you know people people seem to think that young people just because they don't pay taxes i mean unless you make more than 5 lakhs a year today you don't pay you don't pay tax uh you do pay gst and stuff on on services on restaurants on the things that you buy but you don't pay income tax so mm-hmm. that somehow means that you and your opinion don't matter because you don't pay tax well actually in in the next 10 years it's going to be completely like people like you and me pay tax absolutely so, so the fact that our voices mean so little in these projects is very alarming because this population of india right now like 50% of the population is under 24 and in 10 years it will be an even larger demographic that's so young mm-hmm. under 30 at least and we we need to have our voices be heard and we need to be taken seriously i think that is something that people just don't talk about enough and we as youth need to maybe be more um we we need to be more cognizant of of how this impacts us in the long term because our parents are not going to be here forever but we are going to be residents of the city we are going to be citizens of the city yeah definitely i fully agree with that yeah Hmm. I feel like I get so worked up because at some point you just feel so helpless and you know I don't want to feel like that. I'm sure everyone our age doesn't want to feel like that and want stuff to just happen. So yeah, what do you think will it? Is it just too like utopian for me to think like yeah, you know, if we raise our voice or like spread awareness, stuff will happen. I don't know. I- I I don't think that's utopian at all. I think that's very realistic. And if people stop believing that change can happen, if people lose faith, I think that's where change stops. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I am so pessimistic. Like sometimes I feel like people like us are just over or like overpowered. Like there's so many people who just are age and don't have the same ideologies as us, even though they've grown up similarly to us. And I don't know. I just get a bit concerned at that point. Well, um, it's important to maybe uh, start these conversations through memes because then people are more likely to hear you out. And also, just it's it's like change also starts right around 
things that that bother you around you and even if it end up changing the perspective of five people like five of your own friends i think that's a huge achievement yeah that is yeah. actually so true because like as you said memes are just such a good icebreaker when it comes to heavy conversations and uncomfortable topics because humor is something that connects us all like who doesn't want to be able to laugh at things mhm <laughs> yeah now i'm like scrolling through your page and i'm looking at all the memes that you've made about the coastal road and bombay's infrastructure and do you know what i feel like these are so effective because so many people have gone through them liked them commented and it really starts a discussion whatever that may be i mean trying to have discussions that don't go exactly the way you want them to as mm-hmm. long as there is a discussion i think that we need spaces you know where we actually have discussion because most of us especially mumbai just so caught up in our own lives that we forget about the things around us and you're just like okay someone is going to take care of us so may as well let's do the job so i think it's good to have those discussions in whatever way possible But I think we're getting a bit heavy here. Maybe we can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just like lighten up the mood a little bit. Yeah, because this pessimism, I think it only grows as you grow older. So it's just you know, mm. you you just find a way to to deal with it and to cope up with it. Yeah, I definitely yeah, agree true. with that sentiment. That this pessimism. only happens as you age and grow older like honestly fond should come up with like some anti-aging cream just for like pessimism like fuck wrinkles i want to cure all the negativity <laughs> but yeah i feel like we still love bombay though don't we like no matter how much we complain and how many problems there are bombay is bombay so shall we just talk about the few things that we love and like the silver lining of things yeah we can each talk about one thing we love about bombay and if nothing this becomes a memory capsule for all the things that we lose on this part of the <laughs> absolutely okay so uh your guest so what do you love about bombay well um i love hopping around the city just going from place to place on the train in a cab or on foot I mean I've gone to some like really odd places in the city and I think I'm one of those people who's like if you're not scared of it it can't harm you that doesn't mean that you know I have never been like easy the cat called or like harassed and stuff but I mean I'm that way pretty like there's no other way to say it but pretty bizarre about a lot of things right mm-hmm. so I go to all sorts of places in Lower Parade in Banda in um in down uh, i've been to tor bazar as well i've been mm-hmm. to uh, all sorts of places i went to this really shady shop in uh tor bazar which sold those uh, those cutting chai cups and the metal tea pot that is served in the, the chai oh. the cute stuff so i bought i bought that and i bought six cups and the tea pot under 100 uh-huh. wow I, I need to like go there, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's pretty decent quality. It's not like some novelty items that they were selling. It's like a place that people actually go to buy the supplies. So, I mean, these these kinds of 
just buying odd things um, and having shawarma at Carter's Blue. I think that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I don't know. Bombay is just full of all these hidden gems now that I think about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I honestly pity people who don't know about, like, Swati snacks sometimes. Dude. <laughs> but yeah, I think one of my favorite things about Bombay is definitely the food. And I feel like everyone would agree. There's always something you can eat at any time. And anything from, like, your roadside savory to varapao to, like, a nice bougie place that sells the same things. I don't know. It's just... Food for everyone, and everyone just loves that same, you know, feel. Yeah. Oh gosh. Now that you mentioned what about I want one, but um, what I love the most about Bombay is how, like, when you really think about it, Bombay is basically a modern fossil. Like, you could go mm. to fort and you can see all these really ancient, hundred-year-old buildings, British architecture, and you feel like you're on a different space. And then you go to Bandra, which is like new and emerging, and you see all these giant skyscrapers there. And it's just amazing how like all of this is in one city. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's literally so much heritage, so much culture, so much development. Um, just like there's everything all together in the same space. Yeah, and I feel like there's so much hybridity in that sense because you have, like, the past, you have that colonial past, and I think we're just trying to find our identity after that. Exactly. And, yeah, just creating so many things in the process that are so unique to Bombay that sometimes are just so overlooked because we live with it every day. Yeah, I agree. That you said what I wanted to do in, like, perfect <laughs> language and, like, this is why Archana is awesome. Like she can like literally like take all the struggling thoughts that you have and like no voice man. them so nicely and eloquently. No man. Also, yeah, I have to mention um the sea. It's a huge, huge part of Bombay. And I feel like for me, when I look out at it, I just feel my own insignificance and that I'm so small compared to so many vast things in the world and universe. And Sometimes I feel like after a busy day or just when you've had a shit time, you need to remember that. And the sea is like the perfect reminder. It's just so calming. Like such a cramped city has such open boundaries. That is a very beautiful sentiment. Every time I'm in front of the sea, especially on rainy nights, or even on cartoons when you go before sunset and then you can sit on the rocks. That's just such a such a beautiful feeling. I mean, you just all your problems are just gone for half an hour or so, and it's it's yeah. so like calming. I think uh, there's also some scientific evidence that like the salt in the air in the sea calms you down. So mm. I think that's why people love sea stationing home so much. It's also why they're so crazy expensive. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think. Being near the sea is a wonderful experience. It's a very spiritual experience. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Has there ever been a has there ever been a time in your life where you're just coming home from somewhere late in the night in a black and yellow taxi with like some really bad feeling, um, and you're just looking outside the window and the taxi is going at like seventy, and you're just feeling so full of love. And so 
a feeling that I would feel to have someone doing it. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think just driving, like being in a car looking out of the window at night when there's no traffic, the city's so calm. It is. And just zooming past things, knowing that like in houses, like everything is so buzzing, but like they're still quiet in it. I think it's the most beautiful feeling, like you said. I it completely is. agree. Fully. Um Wait, does anyone have like closing remarks? Because we're at like thirty-four minutes now. Right. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> They've not the time, Elizabeth. Um, I think closing remarks. I just want to say that. Um, I think Mumbai is one of the most beautiful places on earth. I've been to a lot of places, and I don't think any one of them has the same energy as the city does. And it's really up to you to keep that energy alive or to lose it forever. You know, we, it, it would be the mm. same if the city goes down like underwater by 2050 as it is predicted. And mm. I, I think that it's, it's not that you can't do anything about it. It's just a, ma- a matter of how you want to do it. So, no change is too small. And in any case, uh, you are the change you want to see today. Yeah. Yeah, that was so beautiful. And whether you experience the city through memes or through Minecraft or just, I don't know, getting nostalgic by looking out your window or hopefully soon going on long cab rides. The city is home. And like you said, it just, we need to decide the kind of home we want to live in. And I hope the charm it has always stays. Well, thank you so much for being our first guest on this podcast. It means a lot that you took a chance on us and our tiny little podcast that (laughs) we've been working on for like three months. Um, We were just really happy to have you and have such a nice, insightful conversation. Like we had fun, we laughed a bit, we had some more serious discussions, which is something that we have wanted on this podcast for a while. So thank you for being like a perfect first guest. Thank you so much, Jess, for being such good hosts and for being so accommodating, making me comfortable and everything. And I think this is a really fun conversation. I hope it gets some people to think a little bit more about certain mm-hmm. things. And well, even if like five of our listeners have a change in mentality, we've done our job. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's a wrap for our first guest. We'll see you guys next time.